Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to open the Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the One Year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is October 24th, and our reading comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 3. Beginning in verse 22, Paul says this, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. So the first thing Paul says is that we've got to flee from lust. We've got to guard our hearts. We've got to fight for our sexual purity in a culture that is sexually immoral, right? So for me, that means I've got to guard my phone and my computer in particular. And let me give you a resource. I use a software called Covenant Eyes. It's a monthly subscription, but it puts a software on your phone and on your computers that keeps you, protects you from immorality. I allow somebody else to set it up. They know and control the passwords, so there's no way really for me to work around that. And it just helps protect me. And then at home on my television, you know, we've got passwords on there. And Tina controls all of that. I don't know what those passwords Again, I've just done some practical things to protect my heart, my eyes, my mind. I want to flee. It's my way of running away from sexual immorality, from temptation, and trying to guard my heart, guard my purity. And he says to do that. And I think we've got to be proactive about that. We've got to fight for it. It matters. It's so important. In fact, let me just say this, especially, well, to men and women today. Your purity is so important because it protects and guards your relationship and intimacy with Jesus. And number two, it protects and guards your intimacy with your spouse. And if you're not married, it's preparing and protecting your innocence and your purity, your sexual satisfaction in your marriage. One day, just remember, purity actually maximizes my experience in the context of my marriage. So it's really important. It guards me spiritually and it guards my marriage. It's just it's so important. And then Paul says, listen, surround yourself with some people who share similar values. So we have to be careful. On one hand, we want to be a witness in our world to be building relationships with people that don't know Jesus yet and pointing them to Christ. But on the other hand, we've got to be careful that we don't get unequally yoked, that they're not influencing us more than we're influencing them. So we've got to guard our hearts and make sure that we've got community with people who share the same values. And then watch what Paul says the next. In verse 23, he says again, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only starts fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, being able to teach and patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they'll come to their senses and escape the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. The thing I love about that passage is that Paul's encouraging Timothy. Listen, there's no need to get in fights and argue with people. The truth is, if their heart's not open to the truth, arguing and fighting with them does not open their heart. It reminds me of some of what we've been through the last few years in America in the church, 
where people have been very tempted to fight about politics, about race, about the coronavirus and all these issues. And it's like it's a no-win situation as a pastor. Instead, what we've got to do is to help teach people the truth, help them to see the truth and hope that they're mature enough to hear the truth and not expecting me to get caught up in their arguments and in all this cultural fighting. The truth is that has almost no value. I want to gently teach people the truth and hope that their hearts are open and they're mature enough to see it so they can learn how to represent Jesus in the midst of a very uncertain culture. And then listen to what he says beginning in chapter 3 about the end times. He said, you should know the truth, Timothy, in the last days. He said, well, are we in the last days? Well, here's what I know. This was written 2,000 years ago. So it's we're certainly 2,000 years closer to the last days than we've ever been. And when he describes what culture is going to be like, sounds like where we live today. Listen to this. He says, in the last day, there'll be difficult times. People will love only themselves. They'll love their money. They'll be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving, unforgiving. They'll slander others. They'll have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends. They'll be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride. They'll love pleasure rather than God. And then verse five, listen to this. They will act religious But they'll reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. You know, in our culture, it's very acceptable to be, quote unquote, religious, right? And Paul says there'll be all of this immoral rebellion will be true, but they'll have some religion. But the religion they have has no power. They will deny the power that has that can transform their life. What is the power that can transform their life? It's the gospel message. It's the grace of God. It's the person and work of Jesus. It's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. And in our culture, there are a lot of religious people, but they've rejected Christ and the gospel and the power of the Spirit, right? They're trying to work it out in some religion, and hang on to their rebellion and immorality, and they're denying the power of God. Paul says, stay away from those people. Now, I think it's also true, we got to be careful even in church culture, even in church culture, if we're not careful, we'll have our rebellion and independence. We'll show up at church every week, but we're denying the power that really has the ability to transform our lives. So what we have to do, and again, this is what we're trying to learn in this podcast, is connect with God every day. We want to be with Jesus so that we can become like Jesus, so that He is producing His life by His Spirit with the Word of God, with grace. He's producing His life. He's producing transformation in us. Then we can do what Jesus did in a very perverse rebellious, broken world. In the very same way, we can enter into our perverse, rebellious, broken world, representing his kingdom and pointing people to Jesus. And then he says this, verse 14, you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. So you got to be faithful to the teaching of Jesus. You got to be faithful to the teaching of the apostles. And then listen to what he says in verse 16, all scripture, 
is inspired by God, and it is useful for four things. Number one, to teach us what is true. Number two, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Number three, it corrects us when we are wrong. And number four, it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So let me touch on those four things and make sure you understand what Paul is addressing. He says the Bible, and this is why we're doing this podcast, is every day we're opening the Word and we're opening our heart and we're allowing God to speak to us because it can transform our lives. Paul says this Word, the Bible, will accomplish these four things. Number one, it'll teach us what is true. It'll give us good theology. It'll help us understand what's true about God, what's true about mankind, what's true about our world, what's true about the kingdom, right? It'll help us to understand the gospel message and our responsibility as God's children in this fallen world. So it gives us good theology, helps us know what is true. Number two, helps us to know what's wrong in our lives. The Spirit of God and the Word of God confronts our sin, confronts our bad thinking, confronts when the world is squeezing us into its mold. The Word of God confronts that, right? Rebukes us. And then third, he says, the word of God corrects us. The word here in the Greek, I love this, actually means to restore to an upright position. That's what he means by corrects. So the word of God rebukes us, but then it restores us to our rightful place as the children of God. It lifts us up and encourages and strengthens us. And then finally, it equips us. It prepares us for the work of ministry. Again, this is why the podcast is so important. And I'm so proud of all of you for opening the word and allowing God every day through his word to do these four things, to strengthen your theology, to confront and to rebuke anything in your life that's out of order, then to correct, to encourage, to strengthen you, and then to equip and prepare you for every good work. When we live this way, when we learn to be with Jesus and become like Jesus, then even in the last days, when our world is going crazy, man, as his children, we can represent his kingdom well and keep pointing people to Jesus until he returns. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this encouraging word. God, I pray for every person listening. Help us all to guard our purity. God, help us not to get caught up in the world, but to come out from the world, to live in a way that honors you and represents you and reflects your kingdom in the earth. God, we thank you for your word. that has the power to, to straighten out our theology, to rebuke our hearts, our lifestyle, our thinking, to correct, to encourage, and to build up, and to equip, to prepare us for every good work. God, today we open our hearts and receive your word. God, that it would produce a harvest of righteous living in us. We love you. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me again today. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.